Oh, where'd you go? Hey, there he is. There he is. That was uh that was there an animal in the trash emergency. <laughs> uh, uh domestic animal? Like a one that an animal you know or yes. welcome to the Mega HQ. Adam and Luke are two lifelong friends and writing partners. They make original heroes out of everyday experiences. Every week starts with a fresh idea and ends with a new character. Adam and Luke think writing is fun, and they invite you to the Mega HQ to laugh and create something new. Hello out there. Welcome to the B-Mega Podcast, where every week we take a crazy rough idea and we turn it into a wonderful, interesting mega character, a superhero who's a little bit weird <laughs> and maybe smells a little. My name is Adam. I'm one of your hosts, the co-creator of the B-Mega Podcast with my good friend Luke. He's joining me digitally for all of this collaborative, imaginative fun. Luke, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, Adam. How are you tonight? I've got no complaints, man. It's a it's a it's a nice evening. Um, I've had some pastries today. Ooh, sun is out. I I believe pastries and sunshine would be an excellent name for my memoir. But I think pastries is a little bit. It's not specific enough. I think your memoir memoirs is ding dongs and sunshine. <laughs> One one hundred percent. You're absolutely correct. Just saying. I'm just saying. It would get a good endorsement, too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Get the hostess people on board. If we could please, for all that's out in the world, get hostess to be the sponsor of the B-Mega podcast, that's really all we ever needed. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of pastries, Luke, let me ask you this. What is your favorite non-butter use for a butter knife? <laughs> look you don't get a figure like mine by by not eating terrible food for most of your life uh i would say my favorite non-butter use was i was a kid i used to make <laughs> can't believe i'm going public with this i used to make a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich Whoa. Uh, and there, nothing made me so I, I couldn't stand mayonnaise or I guess Miracle Whip uh, or salad dressing I couldn't stand that stuff on its own but as soon as I started sliding like smearing that on the bread with some peanut butter it's making me a little nauseous oh I got so excited it was just one of my favorite <laughs> oh, snacks oh. get giddy oh. did you toast the bread oh no never no just white are you, bread are you crazy White bread, mayonnaise. Do you put mayonnaise on one side and peanut butter on the other side? Yes. Yes. You have to keep them separate until you press those slices right. together and then oh, it's magic. Those unnatural creamy textures into <laughs> one gross globby mess. What is the mayonnaise to peanut butter ratio of a Luke Hessler made mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwich? Oh, it had to be it was a th it was I would say cardstock thin smear of of mayonnaise and lots okay. and and i would and generous with the peanut butter so the mayonnaise is just kind of accentuating the the sweetness <laughs> just that little bit of eggy yeah yeah 
funky tang to go yeah. with your oh man that's okay so, well some people that's... like salty sweet i liked mayo nutty <laughs> Uh, well, I have a hard time imagining that whoever made the first butter knife had any concept of what a mayo nutty application might be someday. Really, though, when you think about it, of all of the, the you know, bladed utensils and tools in the world, that there's a specific knife named for using with butter... With this like that that of all the things to encounter that you would like really make a, a specific knife for that then would be a ubiquitous part of 2016 life as well as sort of you know it's almost a cliche to reference a butter knife and all of that a for butter really <laughs> that's the thing that we really somebody was like you know the situation is we do not have the proper blade for the cutting and application of this butter business like one how big of a priority is buttering things in your world that that was true? <laughs> and two, it's pretty, like, you can pretty much use it for anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, you can use anything to cut and spread butter. It's like a sharp stick will do it. Right. It's a dull <laughs> stick will do it even better. A finger will do it. Yeah, fingers. I'm kind of surprised your peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches weren't finger spread. <laughs> I wonder if there was like a person who like I invented this blade specifically designed and people forever will use it probably not just for butter probably for butter and lots of other things and anything else in that range but we'll call it we'll call it a butter knife so anyway all of this rambling thought led me to today's character for the podcast which is Butter blade. Mega basics. When you started posing the question, I immediately imagined there there must have been some sort of group, like a council of cutlery, that made that decision. So then, <laughs> a it, council of cutlery. So like when you when you bring in this butter blade, I, I immediately I'm like, oh, this guy is obviously <laughs> he like he he has look. He like he's gotta be if it's associated with butter. I feel like he's he's probably dipping into the butter himself, right? This is starting or, to get buttery. <laughs> no, I I imagine a ninja is what I see. That gets pretty close. You know, it's funny when I first had the thought, and it and really that it the honestly what got me even to butter blade as a combination in that order that then just felt like it needed to be something was. Do you remember a game a friend of ours named Brandon gave me a PlayStation game called Bushido Blade? Oh, Do you remember yeah. that? Game? Oh, totally. Yeah. What a wonderful, wonderful that game that was. Excellent game. Anyway, so that was like kind of it's funny that you said ninja because my head went to the same place or samurai, I guess. Yeah. Same thing. In my head, <laughs> there I don't know enough about either to <laughs> please send your letters of complaint to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually at about this stage that I say whatever I'm going to say to offend people because no. at this point I have to establish what parts of this I know nothing about. Sure, okay. But So, okay, here's where my head went. I came up with this person who starts out uh, as, a, as a cake decorator. Oh. So that's the sort of occupation. Um, and the reason that this person... Who I had as female doesn't okay. really. 
But and the reason that she's a cake decorator is because she trained to be a chef. She oh, okay. started to train. At some point, she trained to be a chef. But because of something, I don't know. Like, I, I want, I feel like there's something that happened that caused her to be afraid of sharp knives. Uh. She also has a, a special interest and, and real passion for samurai culture. Okay. And, and the stories of, and the, the you know, the history, sure. martial arts, all of it, everything okay. around it, use of, you know, use of uh, what swords? I was like, I can't even like. What are they? You know, the things, the the big long giant, giant butter knives. Yeah, those big. <laughs> so that she grows up with this passion for that. I don't know. Maybe she's whatever for sure. whatever reason she's interested in that culture. Yeah. Um. Maybe she. Maybe she's got heritage that's from there. Maybe she's descendants who are or whatever or she's sure, uh, like she was maybe she was adopted and she's japanese you know yeah. and that also as part of that's an interesting comment, that also as part of this she she is really interested in japanese food maybe she's interested in japanese uh. culture at large um and and that's why she gets into training to be a chef and it ties in this enjoyment of you know using Her, blades and the yeah. sort of precision and it's a they're similar art forms and that she never really wants to pursue training as a samurai but she really enjoy you know what <laughs> this i mean is like, like her like her version of becoming a samurai is like just expertly a, using blades in the kitchen it's something that she loves and has a passion for from a young age okay. and, a, and a proclivity for but something happens during her training Maybe a mentor is injured or something. I don't know. Whatever, and 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 a, 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 a you know <laughs> slicing injury or something yeah, yeah, that causes her to no longer be able to be near sharp blades, which is a bad phobia to have if you're a chef, a training chef, and right. a person who loves samurai culture. Yeah, yeah, you're basically you've lost you've lost everything. And, but all of this, so that's how she becomes, she settles for the best thing she can do. And not that there's anything wrong with doing it, but that the best she can do to be, to use the skills that she has uh, with, you know, her culinary skills right. and, and attention to detail and all of those things is to become a, she becomes a, she decorates cakes and other pastries because she can't, she doesn't have, can't use any sharp knives. Okay. But she just like the big, you know, what is that? Like it's the spatulas spatula. and the, yeah. 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 So I, so does she like, did she have, when she was training, was, was she working in some like martial arts moves when she was doing she, her chef? Like she would study this, the, the, like she studies it academically and would try to like just some of the similar kinds of moves with the blades. She thinks okay. there's a lot of parallels between the, the food culture and the, and the tradition of the sword play or whatever that. So, so yeah, that's something that okay. she specifically studies all of that. And, and is, I think, um, as a person has a, an incredible attention to detail that way, that the kind of person who would just want to know everything about all of it and, and really uh, want to understand it and read a lot and talk to people and, okay. and engage with it that way. So, so I, I imagine that this this incident that happens that gets her out of the the chef's kitchen, she's probably uh, wielding a few knives, trying to use the the discipline that she's she's pulled from the samurai culture, but um, maybe slips on a on a piece of meat or something and accidentally, I don't know, like 
slices off her mentor's arm or something. Slices Ch- his hand off yeah. so he can no longer be a chef. Like drops it in the skillet, cooks it. They can't even save it because it partially fries. What do you think? What if she was, I like, I like this. And what if, because she likes all of that, just for her own enjoyment, she does sort of practice some, some, you know, knife slinging skills, but with her chef's knives and she's very good, but yeah, that she's playing around. She gets to like her skills. Yeah. And maybe this, and like, nobody's there. And the, 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 her professor or mentor, whoever walks in and, and, takes a, a slice to the to his good hand or something totally i like that a lot so then so then she retreats from the chef's kitchen and goes to yeah. become a cake decorator and i imagine she's doing the same kind of stuff only it's yeah, you know with well but only when nobody's around because now she's very like she doesn't she's disowns all of her samurai culture too maybe like after that like maybe she's really I think that it would be like that would be a troubling experience for her. And I think that's where we find her when she be when we get to sort of the like what that's where she is, is she's this cake decorator and she but she's even right as she starts to she gets into cake decorating. There were too many seasons like that. There was there was a there were a couple of G's in there, too. I don't know where those came from. I added from. a couple of fun letters to the words just for my own flavor sometimes. You're so. you're a word decorator. I am a word decorator. The, <laughs> that she becomes this cake decorator, but is immediately very talented because of her attention to detail, and she just cares very deeply about anything she does. So she's sort of in a difficult spot where she has found a credible, valuable existence as a cake decorator, but it's still not at all what she wants to do. And she's disowned a lot of these parts of her life that are still really important to her. But so it's with a certain amount of shame that she does still practice, you know, kind of uh, indulge in practicing her knife or sword play slash knife play. Yeah. But 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 just with things that aren't sharp, so the spatulas and butter knives and such like that. Nothing, not nothing with a a sharp sharp blade or point. Right. She gives away all of her her. Maybe she had some like collectors' oh, yeah. swords, and she gets rid of those or puts them away or something. Never once the just no possibility for severing someone's hand again. Yeah, and and it it makes her start to question like the good of things that you know what I mean? Like she thinks Sam, she thinks that the samurais represent this great sort of good. And she likes an ideal of this type of, you know, commitment to a path or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? That the, the discipline like, and the, yeah, the discipline. That's the word. <laughs> that's a hard one for me. That's not something that comes naturally, <laughs> but that, that she, that that's all the sort of these birth, these values and virtue. Like she thinks all those things have great meaning and, and that, she's now given all of that up just for, you know, getting by in the world and just having this sort of, I feel like I'm insulting samurais and cake decorators. (laughs) It's we've insulted a lot of people in the past. So, well, you're just only now you're insulting people who carry large swords. So you might, the good news is it's been a really long time since I just ran into a samurai. Oh, I was talking about cake decorators. (laughs) 
I think there's I, fundamentally underneath all of that. That's where her sort of purpose is. That's kind of where I was wrestling with that. That, that I think this samurai concept is important. That it, right. She appreciates finding your finding a thing that you're called to do and fully committing to it. Right. But that's a, really something she believes in, and then she has this experience that 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 makes her give all of that up. She completely abandons it. And I think the 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 sort of you know megafying event or the, the the thing that gives her that pushes her from lowly former former culinary student turned cake decorator into Butterblade is has to do with something at the at her the bakery. Okay. Uh, so is she does she she doesn't like own this bakery this is just a place where she works like she's yeah, like an assistant like a, or i think it's a pretty it would be like a pretty major trendy bakery and okay. she gets hired to be a, the cake decorator and and she and that's why she gets a certain amount of like she's well respected right away because oh, she yeah. has a great talent for it that when she shifts from what she was doing to what she's doing she's just she's sort of a uh i mean just kind of a again, because of this discipline and this appreciation for all of this, uh, the appreciation for really committing to something that even, even once she's disavowed that part of her life, the specific, the interest in the culture or whatever, she's still, she's going to do it well. That's just how she right. does things. Like she wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to her. She has no concept of how to, you know, even though she's given up on her life's dreams, of becoming a chef and and whatever maybe she, maybe her maybe her life's ambition is to write about how we should treat food with the same level of attention to detail and discipline mm. and respect that the samurais approach sword work or right. something sword play or those yeah. the discipline of the study of their craft yeah yeah like her like it, not only in in approaching the preparation but in uh, also in in consuming the food and serving the food there's just a, a very disciplined there's just a level of discipline that she expects or she, she aspires to uh in some way have other people learn to do she's, she's just very methodical in, in how she she does all of these things with her food yeah that and that saying? she maybe she eventually yeah and that she maybe eventually hopes to like create a school and write books and like that she's creating a philosophy and approach and an approach to using that. This is all more deliberate than just happens to be that she's into that and, and in, into cooking and into samurai culture that it, maybe it's this very active part of her interest is to show people that, that there are parallels between these two things, but really to use that to get at this underlying value in approaching our food differently and how we prepare it and how we, how we serve it and how we interact with it together. And I, I like it a lot. And, and I think, I think the reason, I think when she was as, when she was a chef and she had her accident that she, it, it, uh, just reiterated how how important that disciplined approach was because she was she was acting wildly and showing right. off and that's right. made that's made her even more disciplined in how she she approaches everything now and so like she'll they'll set out they'll set out like a dozen cakes that have been made but not decorated 
and they they say whatever her name is have at it and she just methodically just perfectly gets all of these cakes decorated per the 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 instructions is that they're like crazy perfect they're they're a insanely perfect nobody's ever that that's why so okay she's she gives up gets this cake decorator job maybe the maybe the chef mentor or something knows the people who own this bakery or something and connect and you know she says i'm just gonna do this or whatever and immediately because of that because she's able to turn them around so quickly and they're so unbelievably photo perfect i think what happens is that in the process it's so perfect right away that the clients go crazy and the media gets a hold of it and the internet explodes with people commenting you know their photos of this perfect cake place right the cake gets the bakery gets a lot of publicity they give her a big raise and she's immediately confronted with this idea that now she could be locked in to this life that this is it now she's not going to do that stuff anymore she can just do this and ignore everything that she's built and everything she wanted to head toward. And and while she values the craft of what she's doing, it's not that she doesn't appreciate it. It's that it, but it's not what she's meant to do. Like it's not this right. thing that she built, and she was so certain that that was what she was to do, and now it's gone. Now yeah. it's it's is no turning back. So I think. Because there's then there's this boom, and so she's there late decorating hundreds of cakes because okay. everybody starts ordering cakes. Yeah, yeah. So the place goes crazy. They give her a huge raise, and they lock her in the in the in the decorating room. The decorating <laughs> room, probably the kitchen. Probably. Yeah. yeah. The kitchen. Well, think you, um, you know yeah. we can. It's uh, let's call it let's call it a kitchen. Okay. So she's in the kitchen with this enormous vat of buttercream and oh. a big table covered in cakes. Just, I mean, just as fast as she can go. Just spatulas flying and buttercream everywhere. No, none everywhere. She makes no money. Yeah, no, yeah, no, nothing in flying. Fact, in fact, as part of promoting this, as part of taking advantage of this new social media interest and and potential promotional value of this star cake decorator they've installed a camera that live streams her yes. decorator yes which she doesn't like like she so never looks at the camera if she does she yeah. just kind of like just kind of a sideways unamused glance like it's like maybe and maybe she even has herself set up so that her back is to it like right. in, in protest so she's not facing it this was really interesting. Now, so I think what happens is I was thinking that maybe the mentor comes to see her because mm. the mentor sees all of this press yeah. or maybe somebody comes to see her. Maybe it's not the mentor. We'll come back to that. See what you think. Yeah. That somebody comes to see her to deliver some kind of message about, hey, like what happened to the or, or you know, to get to 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 remind her of her passion. Right. But I'm not sure what that is. It could just be one of her parents. Like, what if one of her parents came back and was like, you know, we always supported you. We always, like, we're kind of disappointed that that this is your life when we always supported and encouraged you to follow those other, those other passions. That's interesting. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or, Where are we well, going? Anyway, Sorry. Maybe, and maybe the, uh, and, and maybe the person's not important. Uh, but, 
But I think I think something happens, and and I was like, where I was going is that she was there would be some sort of need for her to use a blade to help someone. Oh, okay. Uh, that was where I was kind of going, and that in that process, um, you know, there would be both an epiphany and some sort of uh, change, magnifying change. Yeah, um, I think this is why I like the idea of the mentor coming back. So okay. maybe let me go back. Is that maybe the mentor comes back and and tells her again? He's already told her, but tells her again: "This isn't your fault. You don't need to go away from everything you've done right. just because this happened to me. It's unfortunate for me, but that's you know I'll find something else. And 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 maybe that's it too. Maybe that that's tied into it. Is that part of why she looks up to this mentor is because." this person is fully committed in the best of what they do and all of that. And, and that's, that's that it's that singular focus and commitment to, um, uh, to teaching or to cooking or to whatever that, right. that she respects. And I was going to say the mentor gets his hand stuck in some sort of piece. They're like, I was going to say the same thing. The only way she can save him is to like do a quick pull, a really quick move with a knife. The reason she has a knife is because he wears a chef's knife at all times in a holster on his side. Ah. <laughs> that, sort of, that sort of chef, even with his in his current state. And so she has to quickly think fast and grab his knife and set him free. And then I don't know what happened. What? Well, so I was going in the same direction. Okay. What if he shows up and it's been it's been some time since they were together, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not like he, she she cut his hand off and then went and became a baker and was a, a success right. overnight. So some time has passed. He comes in and he's had some sort of like a biomechanical replacement attached to his arm, to his stub, he has a, like he has some a sort of prosthetic. Yeah, like 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 nano prosthetics or like some sort of artificial fleshy appendage. And that gets stuck in the in whatever like in a mixer and she has to cut it off and when she when that when she cuts it off this this uh whatever this material is that his hand has been made out of something happens with that and and i don't know what direction you were i think what happens is as he's so he comes and he delivers this message he said he's look i'm great i'm fine i'm i'm training with this hand it's you know i can still teach life throws things at you and it's good to have a singular focus, but you have to be willing to move on. That's the, yeah. this is what this is. You can't get just because someone's, you know, a bad thing happened. You can't, you, you know, and all of this and, and she's, you know, she's still sort of in this haze of, but I have this now and I can just do that. I can't. And he's like, but you don't care about this. You don't care about birthday cakes and bar mitzvah cakes and, and you know, last day at your job cakes and first day at the retirement home cakes and last day at the retirement home cakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like she doesn't care about that, and not that they, again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right, one of those. It's one of those episodes where I have to say that every time, <laughs> <laughs> but. And and they have their conversation. And on his way out, decides he's gonna take him a finger full of this yeah. butter in this big giant mixer. 
And as he does, the pros the buttercream, the prosthetic doesn't respond well to the buttercream, the 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 whatever the yeah, yeah. chip, the and and it malfunctions, and just digs deep into the buttercream, pulling him into the mixer. Yes. And so, in order to save her mentor, she has to dive into the buttercream and cut off his hand. But the, yes, yes. Well, and and it's like it has to be nanobots. Like it's it's just this whole, this hand is like some sort of nanotechnology. And when she jumps in and does that, like the reaction with the buttercream and her being in it, yeah, yeah, boom. Yeah, that's incredible. they they like reass like reassign I themselves. I also think this hand becomes a villain. <laughs> Absolutely, the that's the villain. Yes, robotic nanotechnology infused hand infused. This tells you how much I know about nanotechnology. <laughs> like it, like part of it, part of it, part of it detaches and and reassign or re yeah reassigns itself or whatever to her but then the rest of the hand disappears in quotation marks but like skitters away and starts leading a life of its own villainy butter hand <laughs> or no butter fist <laughs> <laughs> it is buttercream it could be cream fist <laughs> So Butterblade obviously comes in with a certain amount of, uh, you know, ability with a blade through right. all of this self-training and understanding and then the work with knives, but then has done some, you know, some level of at least has a, a knowledge of how to use these things. Right. But she's still not, I mean, she still has a certain amount of, aversion to the blades because of all of this even though she now will use one as she obviously was able to save the mentor and at least temporarily send off the butterfist that that she can so my point is she can use almost any type of metal implement as a sword or a blade as a as a an effective weapon so okay. she has and and the the nanotechnology that's now sort of infused uh, into her, like she's this this new uh, heightened technological abilities. It's like she was given a, a, an even higher level of precision. You know what I mean? It's like it took this her human precision and brought it to even a whole new level. So it's, there's a part of this that is exactly what she always wanted. Now she can be even more precise with anything. So she can like, you know, if she's, if you're coming near her, she could like, you know, threaten you and shave your beard at the same time. Like nice. she can get the impossibly close, the sort of, you know, the, like she can do the, 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 you know, the old Robin Hood splitting the arrow concept, but she can do that with like thrown butter knives. Nice. Yes. <laughs> With one butter knife with another butter knife. Um, but like just that she has this um, this ability, but because she's still averse to she's still not she's still a little bit threatened by sharp by the use of sharp weapons. She, she's sharp edges because she's seen what they can do. She purposefully stays away from them because she knows that the collateral damage to good to to innocent standers by can be um problematic does that make sense yeah, so yeah. she it's her preference to use 
non-lethal, non-sharp, blunt. So she uses mostly spatulas, mostly cake decorating spatulas that she has custom made. So she specifically has these spatulas made into samurai swords, but they're cake decorating spatulas. Okay, so it's like the hilt. It's samurai sword. Yeah. Like the, hand, oh, yeah. the hilt and handle, and then just like up to a spatula head. Like, mm, but like the flat metal, like, yeah. Okay. I imagined this nanotechnology, um, at least not only attaching itself to her, but also um, immediately connecting with the knife that she used to to cut his hand off in the right batter. So then she has this this knife that started out as a sharp as a sharpened blade, but she's able to manipulate the the nanotechnology in such a way that it kind of transforms that blade. So she's always walking around. So maybe it's kind of a combination of the two. Like maybe, no, she, I think it's exactly like, that. Instead of having somebody made it, that was just a throwaway. Like this she, is better that that it becomes she can make so it it takes the form most of the time of, yeah. as this samurai sword spatula, the spatula sword, the yes. samurai spatula, whatever you want to call it, but that she can change it into whatever yeah. she wants. Yeah. That's like the, the yes. Like the nanotechnology, the nanobots are like constantly re like they reproduce themselves or replicate themselves. So she's able to make like large, yeah, larger yeah. versions of it. Yeah. If you were going to be, a food related superpower superhero you'd be nothing if you couldn't make some butter right yeah it's you can't have a meal without some butter so but i think she's just made of butter oh is that weird i don't know i've been back and forth on this one i thought maybe she would be made of butter cream after we had the thing with the, did the cream oh what? what if it's what if it's a combination of like instead of the nanobots just transforming this knife like what if they've they've combined with this buttercream which she would have used to sculpt things anyway right. so like it's like she's got like maybe she herself has the ability to um to manifest these these weapons out of this like nanobot buttercream substance. Does that make sense? Or is that just getting too the weird? Weapon. I think maybe all of it is made of that substance. It's like that it's that that's all that now her makeup is there's her in there somewhere, but there's also this in this combination of the nanotechnology and the buttercream that she was immersed in. I think she's somewhat of a shapeshifter, but a yeah. buttercream shapeshifter. And so she could take it's the best kind. But that, yeah, but that, so I think, I like the sword being the sword, but that maybe she can create other things as extensions of her yeah. body out of buttercream. Right. That that she can, or, or turn herself into something, but it can only be, it can only be buttercream. That's what it looks like, that she can shape shift or she can create, not like that because of the her ability to control the nanotechnology, yeah. she can make more of her buttercream form. So I could picture her using that to, to like, um, I don't know, like turn herself into something to use as a disguise. But I could see her also like, again, making an additional weapon to 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 you know, sling at somebody. Like or, she can make. I don't know. She oh oh ooh. 
she makes instead of throwing stars, she makes uh like donut discs that she launches. <laughs> like she throws. That's amazing. They're not sharp, but they they make a they're just like a concussive. She can knock a person out if she tags them right in the head. Mega conflict. What do you think about this butter fist? <laughs> I really think that's the nemesis. I do that too. it's just a hand. But maybe there is because the Butterfist would have also been infused with the buttercream. So the same sort of power would exist that Butterfist can can maybe make. So maybe Butterfist in disguise is a full buttercream person with just the hand attached as the head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. That it's just a regular sized hand, but like on a neck. She cut him here. So there's a on a wrist. Yeah. Wrist neck. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it talks like a puppet, like a hand puppet. So this is how it presents most of the time. Yeah. And then uh, it can also point. Got, it's got and and it's got like butter, like like cake decoration, like cake eyes, like yeah. On it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the reason it's. it's so e- I think the Can reason we, please, it's please make that and claymation make the eyes and like record. <laughs> oh, I I think the reason it's evil is because it since it was attached to the mentor, even though he psychologically he was he was over the whole severing incident. There is there is like DNA memory uh, that was taken in the severing that this nanotechnology has kind of misinterpreted as like, Oh, all humans destroy robot hands. So robot hand must destroy all humans or, and especially her, especially her. Yeah. Cake human is the worst human. <laughs> Cake human. So like, that's how it the, talks. So spe- it doesn't have like, <laughs> so, so particularly Butterfist torments bakeries. Yes. It's indiscriminate and it's it's tormenting of bakers in general. Well, because it can't see. Just <laughs> just a hand. Just senses, yeah. It yeah. It just smells cake. And now the mega origin. Jill Cato was a young culinary student, quickly gaining respect for her disciplined approach in the kitchen. Jill drew inspiration from a long study and deep love of the samurai, modeling her unique knife-slinging techniques after the teachings of samurai sword masters. One day, Jill was in the school kitchen practicing her knife flourishes when her mentor and head of the culinary school, Chef Cosmo, bounded into the room unannounced. Jill's razor-sharp knife removed the chef's masterful chopping hand as easily as a butter knife through warm mayonnaise. Ashamed and devastated, Jill vowed never to touch a sharp blade again and took a job as head cake decorator at the Sugar Fat Pastry Palace down the street from her apartment. Jill mastered the piping bag quickly and attracted great acclaim for the Sugar Fat Palace's confectionery creations. Cake orders soon flooded the shop and Jill secluded herself in the kitchen with a vat of buttercream and broken dreams. Late one night, Chef Cosmo visited Jill to show her the innovative new prosthetic hand that used nanotechnology to restore his five-finger functionality. While demonstrating the new appendage, 
the chef scooped a prosthetic finger full of frosting from the enormous mixer bowl. Buttercream penetrated the artificial epidermis, flooding the nanobots inside and causing them to malfunction. The hand took on a life of its own, pulling the chef headfirst into the buttercream abyss. Jill swiftly removed her mentor's knife from its holster, dove into the vat, and once again removed the chef's hand from its arm. The thick frosting took on a life of its own as it merged with the malfunctioning nanobots from the prosthetic hand, thickening and fusing with Jill's biological systems. With a sweet charge of energy, Jill pulled her mentor to safety and began to experiment with her newfound abilities, manipulating the self-replicating nanobots, which she came to call Butterbots, allowed Jill to make decoys and devices out of an endless supply of biological buttercream. Her understanding of the samurai allowed her to wield any manner of sword-like weaponry, though she maintained a preference for dull blades, normally using her custom bot-made spatu sword to remove herself from any sticky situations. She eventually faced off with the very prosthetic hand she removed from Chef Cosmo, now an insane Butterbot villain known only as Butterfist. In time, she became a champion who specialized in serving just desserts to villains the world over. Like the frosted lettering on a celebratory cake, her name was remembered by all who feared evil. Butterblade. And there it is, a tasty, buttery, creamy morsel of creative genius. The Butterblade. <laughs> Adam, that was such a fun character. Uh, I feel like I, I ate a, a, a wholesome pastry after that. that wholesome, wholesome and pastry. That's good. <laughs> I feel like I had some wholesome buttercream. <laughs> I have to, I have to convince somebody that I'm eating hey, something man. other than a pastry. I'm not even sure what wholesome means in that context, so I say throw it. Um, exactly, Adam. Uh, as every meal has its courses and every uh, pastry has its process, so too does does our our. Uh, our little flight of fancy that we call the B Mega Podcast. What, what? How do you feel about how this process went? This character was one that I was. It was one of the names that as soon as I the Butter Blade came into my head, I was like, "That's gonna be fun. I'm gonna like this character." But then I, I really had a hard time connecting all the strands of ideas that I liked. You know what I mean? Right. Like I felt like there was something about a bakery or something and buttercream that I liked, and I liked. For some reason, I got into this, like I had the Bushido blade image, so there was sure. a samurai thing. And I was like, okay, well, those two things aren't related. <laughs> and then, and then, kind of just the the novelty of it being about essentially a butter knife, and the this idea of kind of the futility of a butter knife in some contexts relative to other knives. And I don't know, just there were all these fun ideas, both you know, on in terms of wordplay and also kind of more rich background. But I really didn't have a sense in this case i wasn't sure how to bring all that together i just wasn't i wasn't seeing like uh i was seeing i felt like i was seeing two or three different characters right like the whole time i was planning it, i kept thinking this feels like there's this character 
And I have to say, I don't even know what they were. I'll have to, it'll be until I listen to the podcast to know for sure. But there's a couple of strands be connected early in this. And then all of a sudden, oh no, they, all these things are true about the same person. Yeah, yeah. Now I see it. Now I see how those can all, and that's so much of story building that I'm trying to desperately to understand. Yeah. Well, that, that layering process that, oh, it's, you know, creating a real human being. It's a, <laughs> right. it's a combination of diverse experiences that come together to create a unique and fully operational person in this world. That's it's exactly. just like anything else. It's just yeah. like real life. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> creating is just like real life. That could be our motto. You know, making a cake, making a multi-layered cake. You you start out with three layers. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like. You you have you have all sorts of tools at your dis. Did I just say all sorts of stools? I think I did. All sorts of tools at your disposal. I don't want that cake. <laughs> Stay away from the stool cake. Stool Not cake. a good idea. Not. No. Um, you have the different layers and all of these tools that you can use to. Um, that you can apply to this cake in, in ways that finally pull it together and turn it into one unified vision. That's exactly what we did with this episode. Kind of amazing how that, that parallel <laughs> turned yeah, the cake out. Metaphor is, the cake metaphor is solid in yeah, this one. Yeah, but definitely. It's, 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 and you have a layer and then there's some kind of binding mm -hmm. that combines that layer to the next. Just like you have an experience in life and that creates a layer of your personality and understanding and values and all of that stuff. And then you have another experience and that's another layer. Now you're a different thing because you're that layer plus that layer. And there's some sort of binding. There's some sort of gooey, buttery, creamy, sweet and fatty. Ooh. Oh, God, I don't know what we were talking about, but I'm really <laughs> hungry now. That's this character became about being this complicated set of layers like we all are. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to try to create a character around some data points of interest you know and mm. even if you have disparate points because we force ourselves to connect them we have to there has to be a it can't just be that she likes samurais and she also frosts cakes that doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it makes you get at some underlying reason why those things would all be in one person exactly and how that person would shape how they present themselves to the world within that mixed up layers of craziness that that's where you find somebody's humanity right that that's mm -hmm. that's the underlying that person-ness your your underlying butter blade-ness peel my skin away and you will find the 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 buttercream cake of my soul well with that luke thanks as always for a fun creating session and thank you for listening for joining in with the fun imaginative process of making Butterblade this week. As always, find the Megaton City News webcomic at megatoncitynews.com and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Megaton City. And subscribe on iTunes and if you like what we're doing, review us and tell your friends so other people can find us too. Thanks a lot and as always, be Mega.
the sound effects heard in the B-Mega podcast are used under a Creative Commons Zero public domain license.